0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another Real Estate Sessions Rewind episode. As we head into the holiday season here in 2022, I tend to run some of my favorite shows from the past in order to take a little time off myself. I will have a fresh episode next week, however. I had an opportunity to speak with a fantastic guest. I'll leave that as a surprise for you next week. But in the meantime, please enjoy this episode from July 2021 with Amy Ransdell with Riva Global. Cheers.
1: We have, you know, big corporations have headhunters and they hire recruiters. And well, the problem in the real estate virtual assistant world is that there was all these people all over the world you could go hire, but you'd have to go through hundreds of resumes and, you know, you'd hope that you found the right one. And then would be communication issues and, you know, then retention issues. And it just, we'd hear the nightmares.
0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 289 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. This week, I'm excited to bring on Amy Ransdell. Amy has worn many hats in the real estate industry from agent to short sales specialist, to investor, to broker. And she currently owns her own brokerage up in Atlanta, Georgia. And she's now CMO for Riva Global. Riva standing for Real Estate Virtual Assistant. And I've never really interviewed somebody who specialized in the virtual assistant arena for realtors, so I thought this would be a great episode to get some questions answered, find out about uh, the types of things they can do, cost, all that good stuff, as well as get the background on Amy. So let's get this thing started. Amy, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. This is a, it's a complete honor. I really love it. Thank you. Thank well,
0: you. Thank you. It's, I'm excited to chat with you. I've never really had someone on the podcast and you're coming up on six year anniversary in a couple of months. That talked about uh, virtual assistants, and that's going to be a big piece of our conversation today. But as my listeners know, I like to start at the beginning. And I'm just <laughs> guessing based on some things about your life that... that were. You, are you a Georgia native? Were you born in, in that part of the country?
1: No, technically not. I was born in the northern parts of the US. Uh-oh. But I've lived here for 30 years, so I consider myself a peach by default. And I have a lot <laughs> of a lot of my family's all here. Like they're all here in the South and from the South, so I I just happen to be born in another place.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you're based in Atlanta, correct?
1: I am right yeah, out. Great North city. Side. Oh, yeah. it's
0: beautiful. Um, I, I I love asking this question, and I I've had one other guest from Atlanta. I think it was Tim Herr. But I want I want the biggest misconception. Let's go with Georgia or Georgians, because yeah. now you're you know you say you're you're almost a native. So what do, what do people think when you go? Come on, really.
1: With, with Georgia like what, what what part the the biggest misconception of Georgia really um, yeah
0: just like what people think it is or it's not you know
1: well okay so I oh this is gonna sound bad to some people but like there's always this like immediate labeling of the south that the south is something like we're slower we're not as like it's it, right culture's not as much important here that yeah. we're just you know it's the south it's, it's immediately like people have this I don't know. They downgrade in their, in their head and it's gotten better. It's really gotten better over the years, but that's still that little bit of a label is still there. And Atlanta, for those of you that have never been here, Atlanta is not a Southern city. I'm just going to say Georgia's a Southern state, but we are a transplant city. The majority of this city is from elsewhere. I mean, when you think about the influx of jobs and, and industry and manufacturing and so forth, that's come to this city over the last 25, 30 years, we are not local anymore. Um, so yeah. But you still get some great southern cooking everywhere you go.
0: <laughs> like there's some big corporations based in Atlanta. I get, I get it. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. My first one thing, I just think of Coca-Cola first. I mean, I'm kind oh,
1: yeah, of it's romantic, right.
0: Yeah. So. And,
1: and, and what, the funny thing is, you know, um, Hollywood. There are more movies now made in Atlanta than there are out in L.A. So yeah. it's a big deal here, and it's from completely transformed whole sectors of our city now. Um, so yeah, a lot of people don't realize really what's here. Do your research, and Atlanta will blow your minds. Um, We are one of the fastest growing cities. We have no geographic restrictions, so we're sprawling. Um, And this is a great place to invest um, long term. So,
0: Give me two things if I'm in Atlanta I must see or do.
1: Oh, boy. Must see or do.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or go to. Maybe it's a restaurant, your favorite restaurant. What is it?
1: Okay, well, I'm a little biased. So I live out on the north side of the city, and I live in a little yeah. area called Roswell, Historic Roswell. And so I'm—I would just say, if you came to Atlanta, I'd make you come out here to Historic Roswell. So it's a true Southern experience. Um, has a lot of the old antebellum style homes and just beautiful old architecture. Um, I refer to it as the Little New Orleans of Atlanta. So we ah. have this whole little stretch called Canton Street, and it's all bars and restaurants and big old trees and lots of flowers everywhere, and it just feels truly. Like a southern experience, so I always tell people to come out there. And if you're going to go in town, I tell everybody there's something here called the Beltline. It's a new parks project that will eventually be a 27 mile loop around the city. And oh. there's been this amazing amount of development that's happened around it. So if you want to experience something really powerful, go to the sections of the Beltline that are complete. Rent a bike or a scooter, and just really get a feel for all that Atlanta offers and those breweries and restaurants and park systems. And it's all interconnected. Um, it's just been a real blessing to the city. cities completely trans- tra- transformed the real estate face of the city too so yeah. um so if you have a passion for real estate and you want to go learn some about Atlanta play around that belt line and you'll have you'll have a lot of fun <laughs>
0: Are you part of the Chamber of Commerce? I'm just guessing, here. You got to. <laughs> <No, no>.
1: saying- <laughs> yes, I should be. They should hire me right now. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> Let me um, do, do a little bit of digging. You know, and now with the internet, it's much, it's, it's easier than it's ever been. Um, but you're a, a Georgia alum, a proud bulldog, correct?
1: No, I went to Georgia. My blood runs red and black. Don't shoot me, those of you that don't love Georgia. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, do, I do love Georgia. Athens is a beautiful town. Um, I will always, yeah, in my heart.
0: So so you um were you already living in Georgia when you attended?
1: I was, yeah.
0: You you've grown up with like the SEC culture. That whole I mean football and it's just it's a whole nother world, right?
1: Oh, well, especially SEC and especially yeah. the South in general football's everything. From Friday night lights high school football to all day Saturday, like we are it is just a thing, right? We live eat sleep and breathe college football. And so here's the thing, you can be a fan of an individual team in the SEC, but you are overall an SEC supporter. So, um all the way. So, um and, and, and my family we have uh, Gators, we have Tigers, we have Buckeyes, <laughs> We have balls. Um, but as long as you went to an SEC school, you weren't a traitor.
0: So. No, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard. Look, good friends of mine that I, that I do another podcast with, actually, both went to Florida. And if, if an SEC team, if Alabama's playing for the national championship, they're rooting like heck for Alabama. And I go, that just doesn't make sense to like Pac-12 or the Big 12. No one, no one else does that. But, man, it's all about.
1: SEC. SEC. I have friends who have SEC tattooed on them, not their college. <laughs> was, I have the same hierarchy rules, right? Like I went to Georgia, which means I can never support Auburn or Florida or anything, right? But I'll tell you what: if Auburn's playing Florida, right now I got a problem. But if Auburn's playing somebody outside the SEC, I'm all for Auburn, right? Like it's wow. You have That's to, just amazing. Yeah. Right? It's all it's SEC baby. Over. Well, F- I
0: thought it was just. I thought it was just these two guys, but now I'm I'm seeing it's a culture thing. Okay. Do you have you ever been to the Georgia Florida game in Jacksonville?
1: Oh, many times. It? Many, many times. Yeah.
0: World's biggest cocktail party? Is that what they call it? The world's biggest cocktail party?
1: <laughs> and it, and yes, it is. Although the landing that was the, was the place everybody went to is not there anymore. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say this. Um, I'm old enough to remember the very last Florida-Georgia games held at their respective campuses. And so right. I remember when Florida was last at Georgia, and they the, it was one of the reasons that they quit having them at their respective campuses because of the way they would trash each other's campus. It's such a rivalry. Um, so. Um, but yes, I've been many times to Jacksonville. Um, I, I mean, I'm such a fan. I shouldn't even admit this, but I have a, <laughs> my middle child was an infant and she was not, what was she? Seven months, six, seven months. I took her in a pouch to the game. So she, she, she went attached to me in a pouch. I put um, wax in her ears cause the crowd noise is so loud. Um, and I actually took her to a game. I probably shouldn't even admit that. She is now 14. She did survive. Um, but I, <laughs> That's what kind of fans we were and are.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. Um, so, you, so you're Georgia. What What are you thinking about? What's your career path? What does it look like moving forward?
1: Moving forward from here, or when I was at from
0: Georgia, from Georgia, yeah. When you're a graduate, when you get done there, what are you thinking? Was real like estate that. on on the radar? No. Oh, okay,
1: yeah. so I, I'm going to just be just deadpan honest because I'm sure that's what your listeners want, right? Sure. I, I was a biochem major who loved biochem. It was easy for me. I loved it. I have a passion for that still to this day when it comes to the studies of neurology and behavioral sciences. And it's a passion of mine, biogenetics, all the things and all the things. Um, But I was in college and was like just random. And I wanted to learn everything. And I ended up moving myself all over campus. And I went into the art department. So I came out with, you know, painting and printmaking. Now, um, in the meanwhile, I I also majored for a short while in poli sci and English and all kinds of other things. Um, so I'm just one of those people. Uh, I have a work full time, though, in college. So I've always been a hard worker. And I was working for a corporate company there in Athens, which was very rare to find that, who um, did a lot of sales training. I had this real passion for how people learn and access information and can help themselves grow and expand in their skills. And so it just was a natural fit for me to go from doing that to working for another company in a similar zone. And before I knew it, that's what I was doing. Um, So that was for a while. And then, um, well, you know, I got married. I I met a man and he was doing real estate as a hobby. And I was spending lots and lots of money on courses and all kinds of things. He wasn't licensed; he was doing the investing side of things. And um, I'm a little type A OC, and he was spending a lot of money. And I was like, "Well, wait a minute! Shouldn't you do something with all this stuff you're learning?" <laughs> so I jumped in and started helping him, and got the bug. Um, and I just stuck with it. Um, absolutely became passionate about that space. All the things I had done corporately and in college fit within that space. Um, I love home interiors. I love design. I love all the things that are that are part of real estate, and yeah. so um, I just went for it. I don't even know if he still does real estate. We're not together; have been for a long time, but um, but I just never left. So there you
0: go. Yeah, I am going to say, you know, the the biochem side of it, um, absolutely. When you talk neuroscience and all those other pieces of the puzzle, that's a huge piece of sales, oh. and sales is a massive part of real estate. So oh. it all blended perfectly together. So doesn't
1: it? Doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. You- the art the artist like liberal like crazy yeah. and don't give me any rules person um and i was happy there too right like i could totally be <laughs> by my own drum i got to set my own schedule freedom of choice freedom of everything i mean how cool was that right so it fit everything yeah.
0: that's awesome <laughs> You you've worn a lot of hats. You've been an agent. You've you worked uh, worked uh, short sales for a company, right? When you were in the uh, we'll call it the the, the dark days, <laughs> there was um, investing, coaching, training. I mean, the list goes. You've been a broker. List you still are a broker today. The list goes on and on. Yeah. Um, what there's so many pieces to that pie. <laughs> What's your favorite piece?
1: Uh, the unifying piece. So of all mm. the things I've ever done, there's always been an a, a overarching unifying piece, which is that um, I've always been in a leadership position. And with that comes the, the joy of training, coaching, and motivating others. And that's where my passion is. If, if you just put me in a place all day long, 24 hours a day, where all I did was share content, coach, lead, and assist others through accessing their strategies and their skills to do more and more and more for their lives, to reach their higher intention, for their higher self, I'm in a happy zone, right? So the the, over, the the connector amongst everything I've ever done and still do, and I wear a lot of hats currently, But really, my role primarily in all the things I do now is in a leadership role. Even with the virtual assistant company, I know we're going to talk about. I I, we're in a role of helping small businesses excel and and finding out all the ways that they can do that by helping them find efficiencies in their business, right? So it's anything and everything that puts me in a place to help people thrive. That's it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Look, work-life balance, according to some, is impossible. (laughs) <laughs> I need to ask you a question. I mean, you we talked about all these different things you do, but you're also a mom raising a family. How does that, how do you do that?
1: So I always love if I could, if I could ask that question. Uh, let me just take that a step deeper. I'm not okay. just a mom. I'm a single mom. And in the world of single motherhood, I am the true definition of that, meaning there's no co-parent. So I have raised three for 12 years with uh, no help at all, um, not financially or physically. And um, and that's totally fine. It's been exciting, but um, it is a lot. It is a lot. I, this is what I always tell people. First of all, balance is a myth. Okay, um, that's my personal opinion. You know, shoot me if you want, but that's my myth. That's what I believe it is. It's a myth. It doesn't yeah. really exist. Balance is what it is for you, right? And mm-hmm. for some people, that might look very different than someone else. So, balance is what it is for you. Find what that is, and then if you know it's in alignment with your true self and it's an ecology. It's 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 keeping you moving forward and it's not harming the lives of, of your family and anyone else, then that's okay for you. Don't let anybody else's opinions weigh in on your perceived or not perceived balance. It's nobody else's opinion that matters. And don't forget that you are you got you got one chance for some things, and don't let things you know fall between your fingers. So as I did this podcast today, about three minutes before going live with you, two of my children were tackling each other in the chair in front of me because they're in the office building with me today. <laughs> so well, my third one's here because he's on the payroll. So uh, anyway, it is what it is, right? Um, That's
0: awesome. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, let's, let's start, let's start talking about, I want to say, I hope I'm saying, is it, do we could just call it Riva Global? Is that the pronunciation yeah. for the company? Yes. Riva being real estate virtual assistant.
1: Yes. Thank you. Good.
0: All right. Good, good. So you joined this company in 2018. You're the chief marketing officer, First of all, tell, you know, tell me what the company does, and then you know, there must be like a particular pain point that you're, you know, that you handle when you're, um, sending when you're creating a new message or a new way of talking about the company. What's that? What's yeah. that key pain point that solves for realtors?
1: Yeah, no, this is a great question. So, first of all, Re- Reva Global was founded to provide a solution for a challenge in the market, right? Which is what most businesses that succeed are, right? We, we, there's something that's not. There's an opportunity somewhere where there's a a challenge that's not being solved. So out in the world of real estate virtual assistants, there wasn't anybody really, we're, we're kind of a disruptor in the space that was really helping people find the right virtual assistant for them Right. Kind of like we have, you know, big corporations have headhunters and they hire recruiters. And well, the problem in the real estate virtual assistant world is that there was all these people all over the world. You could go hire, but you'd have to go through hundreds of resumes and, you know, you'd hope that you found the right one. And then be communication issues and, you know, then retention issues. And just we'd hear the nightmares. So as coaches and having we I've been coaching really since about one along with the, the, the CEO Bob the chance. And we would hear these complaints from all of our coaching clients, all of our people that we do business with. And so we thought, well, how do we solve that? So Reva Global was founded to solve that problem. Uh, so we're a matchmaking service for virtual assistants, and all of our VAs are on staff. They are our virtual assistants that we've hired. So you're, we're not a resume a, where, or a warehouse of resumes, right? right. Like we're right. literally doing, um, we just profile, we do predictive index, we do all kinds of things. Plus, of course, we're obviously vetting and screening and pre-training with the VAs before we even place them with clients. So it's a very different experience for yeah. all of the clients that work with us, and it solves a bunch of pain points by doing that.
0: Yeah, that's, that is quite unique because I, you know, there are, there are URLs you know very well <laughs> that, that everyone's told to go to if you're looking for a, a yeah. VA. And mm-hmm. it is a, it is uh, this mad dash through a bunch of resumes trying to schedule some Skype calls, um, and maybe get lucky
1: and maybe right? you get lucky, right? And then you think you got lucky and then all of a sudden the VA disappears. Or, yeah. or all of a sudden they just can't meet the obligations they said they were going to meet and then you start over again, right yeah. um, So yeah. we, we solved that problem in, in several different ways um, but it's it's it, we're very unique in the industry because of that.
0: Like what is what is the, the what is the breadth of, of of activities or things that a VA can help a realtor yeah. with?
1: So, okay, so my <laughs> my chunked up answer is anything and everything, right? Okay. okay. Let's come down. We'll chunk down a little bit. But yeah. I, but even not going too low, I'll say, you know, 90% of what we do can be done by the computer or the phone. Mm-hmm. That means that 90% of what you do could probably be done by someone else. Okay, Now, it's the first yeah. thing. Now, I would say a lot of agents hold back, hold back, hold back. Well, nobody can, can do it as good as me. Well, the reality is some people may do it better than you. And the other simultaneous reality is that you're right. There's some things that only you should do. But if you know what you should be doing, that you do the best, right? Your, your highest, most revenue generating activities or IPAs or income producing activities and your most important decision-making activities, if you clearly know what those are, imagine if you had 10 times as much time to do those, how much more would you make? Well, yeah. everything else that you're doing that's keeping you from having time dedicated to those needs to be done by a VA and they probably can. So from bookkeeping and administrative to marketing, to um, research, to to following up with clients, to managing your database, to helping you manage your marketing campaigns, to doing social media management, content management, podcast management, uh, video editing, like, like all the things and all the things. They can be done by virtual assistants. You just need to get clear on what those things are and then we can help line up the right talent to do them. Right.
0: You, you mentioned nobody can do it as well as I. That's probably a very common ob- objection. Are there others out there that you hear from uh, agents?
1: Yeah, I, I'd say um, there's that entrepreneurial mindset issue that comes in of, it's not just that nobody can do it as good as me, but there's also the overwhelm problem. So we get really, really busy and we're being reactionary and transactional. And we think in a reactionary and transactional way, right? The difference between the agent that's doing a lot of units per year reactionary and transactional and the agent that's got a streamlined business is is a big gap, right? And we we know those. We I watched the agents that hit that that pain point of overwhelm. But what happens is they'll get themselves to the overwhelm point and then they are resisting taking the time to create the trainings and the so forth to give to someone else to do. So even if they got past the thoughts of well, no one can do as good as me, then the next problem is, oh, I don't even have time to train anyone. I'll just do it myself. So we we hear that quite a bit, um, and we have to help people make the decision: is the pain of staying the same worse than the pain of change, or the pain of finding the time? Which one is it? Right? What do you want most? How yeah. badly do you want it? So we'll have those conversations to push them forward.
0: Do, does the coach in you just sometimes have to help and and maybe teach yeah. them how to delegate effectively and 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 build that successful VA relationship?
1: Well, maybe it's the coach in me, or and maybe it's the it's that I. I believe in everybody. Everybody has something we can ways that we can do things better and do things. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. me included. I, I'm not always the. I'm sometimes the poster child of our own client problems, right? Um, where <laughs> right? I'll catch myself and say, ooh, "Ooh, why am I doing that myself? That's not the highest and best use of me, right? Right. But but I but I could just get it done and be done with it, right? I I'll, I'll even hear myself say these things. So it's yeah. because maybe it's not so much the coach as it. I feel it. I feel how the clients, I feel their challenges, I feel their desires too to be able to scale to have time freedom and efficiency, right? They want those things, you know, who doesn't want to close a ton of units every year, where you can still go on vacation and spend your weekends at home with your family, right? Isn't that what everyone wants? That's what the books promise, the books promise the entrepreneurial dream of working four hours a week, right? Okay, but the problem is, is that agents get into the business, and they start to realize there's quite a bit of moving parts to manage. And before you know it, they're showing, houses on saturday and they're taking midnight calls on sunday and they're not they're not enjoying their business anymore and so if i can help them get back to that right why wouldn't we right so a lot of times it's just that we truly feel and care about the results they get can you
0: can you share just a, an agent success story involving you know they they were kind of hesitant about you know going the virtual assistant route but then six months later down the road they're like oh my god why did i wait this long <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> Okay, I kind of have two, um, and it just popped in my head as you're saying that. Um, one of them is that he had spent a lot of money um, on Zillow leads, right? roller.com and Zillow leads. So roller.com I think, more so than the other ones. And that's a quite a bit of an investment per month. So if anybody's listening and you've bought leads from outside sources, right? Okay, so he had done quite a bit of investment. And the problem was is now he had this big pool of leads, and we're talking a couple thousand leads all total, Okay. Um, that he had paid for. Okay. Um, he was in an overwhelmed point where he wasn't doing any follow ups, right? it new nurturing of the lead base. Okay. And we all know that some leads require lengthy nurturing and it can lead to burnout when we're calling, you know, constant leads all day long that aren't ready to transact yet, but we still need to be touching base with them and touching or getting, or um, staying in touch with them, right? No. So he brought on a virtual assistant to just help his organic follow-up so they were helping making sure in the crm managing that they were getting text text communications and uh, emails and things like that and doing follow-up calls of hey i'm just checking in to see if there's anything that you need i could let him know about right that was that simple right Um, okay i'm being cognizant of any rules involved with uh, having an unlicensed assistant And so um, that process in the first month, I will never forget this because he was a coaching client of mine and he was very resistant to the investment of hiring the VA. So I basically told him, don't come to see me the next session unless you've hired one. Okay. Um, (laughs) Anyway, he did. Um, He went ahead and bit the bullet, pulled it, pulled the thread. He did it. And then he came to see me 30 days later. And one of the leads that this VA was able to help take the time to get, into his uh, cultivation drip system, ended up being ready to transact. And so he was able in that short period of time to transact on something, and the commission from that one sale covered the cost of the VA for a year. Wow. Right. So basically he had a free ap- employee, if you would, for an entire year off of doing something he had resisted doing, right? Yeah. Um, another similar story where they brought one on to help with transaction coordination, contract to close service type things. Mm-hmm. Um, because they were like not following up with any of their leads and not, they were missing listing appointments. They were literally missing income producing activities because they'd be in the middle of handling another closing matter. Right? So I finally just, you know, put my foot down with them like get a virtual assistant. So they did that VA took over all of their contract to close and did better than they did more organized. Their paperwork was turned in better everything they were telling me about this and they're not in my brokers or another state. And I mean, just completely transformed their business. So they were able to actually bring on agents onto their team and start growing agents to earn more commissions from as team agents, because they no longer had all this time being spent administratively. So yeah. I'll tell everybody, just do that thought process. You know, what is an administrative thing that's getting in the way of income activities? And let's get rid of that.
0: Yeah. So. Do you have any at your brokerage?
1: Virtual assistants? Yes. Yes, have many. <laughs> um, in fact, my personal assistant is a virtual assistant, and so, yeah, I know was great. Um, so my true, uh, he's an executive level personal assistant. He was actually a personal assistant for a Chase executive, um, Chase Bank executive. Um, anyway, really talented individual. I love him. I really wish he did live here because, like, we all love him. And and the cool thing is, so I run an online support community. There's all kinds of things that are happening that are not me. People think it's me. It's actually him. Um, he's in there avataring for me. And communicating. He handles all of our accounting stuff. He handles bookkeeping, he, all kinds of things. And yeah, it's amazing. And so what's funny is people will come to my facility. So I do have a brick and mortar building and they'll come to visit me and they'll look for him. They'll walk in saying, Hey, where's Ron? I want to say hi or give him a hug. Right. I'm like, well, Ron is not here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. We have several virtual assistants at this point right now that support Um, our different teams. Um, My investment team, I do investing as well. My investment team has two full-time virtual assistants who support them alone. Um, So um, I'm a big believer in it, guys. Seriously, I have the question with myself. I say all the time to myself that the who is not you, meaning the who is not me and who can do things for me. I ask myself that on everything I do, should this be done by me or who can do it for me? And most of the time, it's a virtual assistant.
0: It seems like I'd be missing out here if I just didn't ask you, how expensive is this? I mean, are we talking, you know, is it going to break a budget for for a realtor? Or are we looking at people that are maybe, you know, maybe uh, uh, really successful teams? How does that, what does it look like?
1: Yes. Okay. So I love this question. I, I, do I have permission to, to reframe one word at the beginning of the question? Because I think it's powerful for people.
0: Go for it. Okay,
1: cool. Thank you. Um, So I I always tell people don't look at anything as an expense. So when we say it's something too expensive, you're already shooting yourself in the foot. Nothing is ever an expense. Everything is an investment. Everything, everything, everything. If I take a breath of air right now, I'm investing in my body and I'm going to get a return on my investment. So when you go to make a decision about whether it's a virtual assistant or a lead source or a marketing campaign or whatever that is, you're going to go get a designation or certified in something – Ask yourself first, what is my implementation plan for this to create a return of investment for me, okay? So virtual assistants are no different. Are you going to be utilizing that VA to do what and for what purpose so that you know you're getting a return? That will put you already into it with much deeper commitment to not only selecting the right VA, but, but putting the energy and effort to behind giving them the right things to do that fit what you're needing. And you'll want to train and grow them because your commitment is to an investment for a return, not a fear of an expense. Okay. Yeah. That's my first thing. Now, um, our pricing is fixed. So I love that you asked that question. We are not um, a contract for hire company. Virtual assistance with Reva Global, you're hiring either a part-time or a full-time VA. So 20 hours a week or 40 hours a week. They are 100% dedicated to you. They are not allowed to moonlight and work for five other people at the same time. Mm-hmm. They are working for you as if it was a person in your office physically working for you, right? Um, they also are provided as an entire support team of operations managers, quality analysts, um, and, um, Uh, CSMs or client service managers that get assigned to them in pods. So you aren't just interacting with your virtual assistant, but their entire support team is reaching out to you to make sure that you're fully engaged with your VA, that they're fully engaged with you and performing at a high level. So it's, it's much, much deeper than just hiring a random VA. It's a whole bunch of people all there to support you. Um, to hire a part-time VA, it comes out to ten sixty an hour. And to hire a full-time VA is 960 an hour. Um, we bought bill biweekly. Um, so you'll know exactly where that's gonna hit in your um, fixed cost cycle, and um, so make a symbol, right? Uh, and we keep it that way. <laughs> um, your VA is very supported by us. We're providing them health insurance and benefits and scholarship programs and all kinds of cool things that we're paying for. All that we're taking care of them. So you just need to cover the cost of the of the hourly. That's it. Everything else is on us. And if you wanted to bonus them or things, you can. It's totally up to you. But just know that that fixed cost is covering you getting a dedicated VA.
0: Wow. That's great. That's, uh, that is less than I thought it would be for, for what you're providing. So that's, that's awesome.
1: Isn't it, uh, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Amy, look, I'm, I'm watching the clock and I, I asked for a half hour of your time and we're pretty close to that. So I'm going to wrap this up with, um, the same question I've asked every single guest in nearly 300 episodes. <laughs> what, what one piece, good luck. You have to have a different answer than everybody else. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. What one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started in the business?
1: pressure pressure pressure. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um okay, so I I'm, I'm going to go with this. So the and I maybe be a mashup of like three things mushed together if you really okay. broke it down, but like if like you had you're going to go into being a real estate agent, don't do the hustle. Have not hustle. This is one of my rules around here. You're building a business that has the, the that's your commitment. Don't go out there and be a hobby agent. Don't hustle because what will happen is you'll never actually build a real business. And at the end of the day, you won't have something that just catches fish for you automatically. And that's what you want your focus to be. So on that note, a couple of things, one, be very crystal clear about the end in mind. Like, why are you doing this in the first place? What is your higher purpose for this? What financial and, and and production goals do you actually have so that you can reverse engineer into what you need to do? And by the way, that's my last part of this. You need to do. Okay. You have to actually, it's, it's, it's be, do, have, right? You can't you can't have until you do. So understand you're going to have to get out there and work. You're going to have to build your network up. If you don't have a sphere of influence, you're going to have to build one from scratch. If you don't have a good network, you're going to have to build that. If you have no no deals in your pipeline, you're going to be prospecting heavily for many, for a lot of the beginning of your business. And if you're not willing to put one foot in front of another, not just show up whenever you feel like it or show up and be busy and not productive. Well, you're gonna not have the results you want, so be please prepared to get out and do This is any business owner if you're selling tires or candy or houses, I really don't care what it is. That's important. Yeah, <laughs> so.
0: that's awesome. Uh, Amy, if someone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Um, well, if they need a virtual assistant, I absolutely would love for them to contact us at Reva Global. Um, you can go to RevaGlobal.com, and we have uh, all kinds of ways on there for you to schedule a strategy session. Uh, myself personally, my name is Amy Ramsdell. Find me on social media. Please follow me. Um, connect with me that way. Um, we don't tend to turn anybody away. If you if you send us a question, send me a question directly. I'd love to answer that. But if you go to Reva Global, you can contact. They'll, they'll connect you to me through there, too. Um, but just go schedule a strategy session. and. 50 15 minutes with our intake team to see what all that a VA can do for you. Um, on our website is where you can even download a booklet of all the tasks a VA can do for you. If you just want some creative ideas, go download that, go do that right now. Just go to Global.com, download the 100 tasks, I think there's a little pop-up window that has that, um, and just get an idea, print it out, take a highlighter and highlight all the things that you're like, oh wow, I didn't know a VA could do that. Oh wow, a VA could do that too? And that way you can give yourself um, some creative start on what to um, start,
0: delegating. That's awesome. Amy, this was great. Uh, thank you so much for your time and your energy and your passion. It's super cool. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and good luck with the Bulldogs going forward, I guess, uh, <laughs> as I live in Florida.
1: <laughs> thank <you. laughs> well, thank you. Yes, Mike, you're, Yeah. Same paid for down there. Yeah. But you know what? It's okay. We're all SEC. So we're all good. There you go. All <laughs> right.
0: Thank, Thanks, Amy.
1: Thank you for having me. It was a real honor. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash re sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to The Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app.